Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot-tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with multiple locations in Danville and one in Pittsburgh. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 317-745-2700 or by going to their website, hawkeyestorageunits.com. This is Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger. Alan is a Hendricks County native that talks with your favorite entertainers. This is where Alan hangs out with music royalty. Sights and Sounds is sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. And now your host, Alan Kiger. This is Sights and Sounds. I'm your host, Alan Kiger. And my guest today is Ian Anderson of Jethro Tull. Ian, how's your morning going? How's my what going? Morning. It's morning. Oh, my here. morning. <laughs> my morning is, uh, well, it's, it started at six o'clock this morning when I come down and start work in the office and then take a break. And then I've been working through until now. I'm just ready to take another break to have some lunch. But, you know, any morning is a good morning. I'm just happy to wake up in the morning and face another day of, uh, of being blessed with the opportunity to carry on working and be in reasonably good health. And how's your morning? My morning's great. I'm talking to you, and every morning that you wake up out of bed is obviously a good morning. Who said about anything about getting out of bed? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I, I got out of bed, so it was a good morning for me. Ian, I want to talk about you. You've got a new album out, and I'm going to pronounce it. I've watched a lot of your 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 other YouTube videos and interviews. I'm going to pronounce it the American way, so I don't mispronounce it rock flute um from my research i think probably one of the most impressive things that i heard you talk about in an interview was when you started this album you started on january 1st 9 a.m a 2022 and i think that's a pretty fantastic way to start off a year and to be creative and be productive the first, you know, at 9 a.m., most people are recovering from a hangover or doing nothing or wasting the day. But I'm pretty impressed with that. What can you tell well, them that, about I've, that? I've been doing that since 2012, 9 o'clock in the morning, January the 1st. It just has all the uh, the resonance of a new project and and clarity of thought because I, I'm not a reveler. I don't do... Um, I don't do that New Year's Eve staying up late thing. I'm I'm usually in bed by 10 p.m. So six o'clock in the morning, I'm up and about. Nine o'clock in the morning, I'm ready to to roll. And uh, that that it's not uh, it's not particularly impressive, but it just is a way of of setting yourself a target to to try and be creative and original and and set that set that that level. You know, set that uh, that that. Um, energy level for a, a key time in, in the in the calendar year when I guess you should be at your best. I agree. Now, Jethro Toll has sold over 60 million albums. Those are pretty impressive numbers. I, one of the questions I want to ask you when you we're gonna we're gonna lead up here to Indy, but when you started the band, what were your goals or the goals of the band? I mean, obviously, 60 million albums was probably out of sight at that time. But what were your goals? 
primarily to make a living uh, out of being a musician, which back then wasn't that easy. Uh, but compared to now, it was a whole lot easier than, than I think uh, the task would be facing young musicians in the current world. So, um, yeah, just being a working musician was 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 uh, was the the goal. I think after the first year or so, you know, by nineteen sixty nine, nineteen seventy, I thought, well, maybe this could go on for a little while because, given that my musical heroes when I was a teenager were all a bunch of old guys in the world of blues and jazz, and then later in the world of folk music and classical music, that they were all old people. So it didn't seem to me at all improbable that in my later years, I might join those illustrious ranks of being a senior citizen who still keeps his job. And uh, anything to avoid going and playing golf or fishing or something is, is to be recommended. I like that. Now, I did my research, and it said that when you were younger, you listened to your dad's big band records and jazz records. Which one of the big band people would have been that inspired you? Well, those that I remember. I mean, there were a precious few, but, you know, Count Basie was one of them. Uh, Duke Ellington was another. And um, th this was all in the wartime when I suppose – for us living in the UK, the allure of American big bands wasn't just about the music. It was about the fact that we were we were fighting hand in hand against uh, uh, a, a mutual enemy, and and we were great allies back then, and perhaps since. Maybe not so much today, but we're still hoping to to have the. Uh, the positive allegiance of uh, whoever is the next president of the USA. And um, so I, you know, it was an important time culturally as well as musically. And I, I think that the, uh, the most important thing was that big band music embodied for me something that I couldn't identify as an eight year old or a seven year old, but now I, I recognized looking back on it, it was about, it was about swing. It was about syncopation. It was about the utilization of the origins of black American folk music, the blues. That, that, those were the common factors that, that um, took me through to my teenage years when I began to play music with serious aspirations for becoming a, an entrant into that scary competitive musical world. Okay. Well, Ian, I want to talk about your tour that's just been announced here recently. The Seven Decades Summer Fall 2023 U.S. Tour. That starts August 18th in Park, Illinois. It'll bring you to the Teachers Credit Union Amphitheater at the White River State Park in Indianapolis on August 19th. And what should listeners expect to get from a Jethro Toll concert? I have absolutely no idea. And what they okay. expect to get has little to do with what they're actually going to receive on the night. But, you know, the point being that I think after all these years, it would be churlish of me to go out and play an entire new album with which people are unfamiliar and expect them to um, enjoy it and, and not uh, embark upon a very lengthy toilet break. So there is a mixture, <laughs> a carefully contrived mixture of of old classic material, of lesser-known 
vintage material and a couple of songs from the last album, The Zealot Gene, along with a couple of songs from the new album, Rock Flutter. And the um, the balance is achieved by paying attention to things like well, what key is the song in? What's the tempo? What's the, what's the feeling of the lyrics? So I, I try to create something in the way of some dynamics and some variation i don't i don't want to put two songs together in the same key and in the same tempo that that would be rather boring so i i put a lot of effort into trying to come up with a set list that gives uh, an intelligent balance in terms of uh, what comes up next uh you know after a 30 second break of um gathering my breath and momentum for the next uh, onslaught Okay, now this tour is going to take you from the Midwest. You're going to hit both coasts, and I believe you're going to end in Albany, New York. You're going to see the you're going to see all of America in in one tour, at least from a bus or a plane, and have your opportunities to uh, to play in front of a lot of different people. Um, with what you just said, if the concert goer is let's say riding the fence. There's a lot of venues out here today, and there's a lot of concerts. After COVID, it seems like there's just as more concerts than I can ever remember. And you've got that person riding the fence. What would you tell them to make sure to get out? And, you know, it's between you and so-and-so. What's that drive that we need to let the listeners know that says, come out and see Jethro Tull? Well, to be perfectly honest, I think there are greater priorities in in lives and mine and yours. And what we do is a luxury. You know, it's not something that people actually need. We just persuade them that they want it, you know, through the powers of marketing and promotion and doing what I'm doing right now, talking to you. But in reality, it's it's not something that is fundamentally so important. I think we all deserve a treat, particularly in this uh, post-COVID time of catching up and getting to go to concerts and mingle and hang out and doing the things that were denied to us for a year and a half. But ultimately, let's put it in perspective. You know, the most important thing is to look after your own your own health, your own well-being, the, the health and well-being of those who are close to you and around you. And if you've got a little bit of free time, a little bit of free cash, then, then you know, come along to a concert, even a Jethro Tull concert. But let's keep things in perspective. You know, things are really primarily very, very important to us that maybe we forgot about during that, uh, that period in 2020 and 2021. So put it in perspective. And um, if you've got nothing better to do and you're not washing <laughs> your hair, then I'll be pleased to see you. Okay. All right. Now, Ian, you play, you're a multi-instrumentalist on top of a singer. Uh, you play the flute, play the acoustic guitar, you play the saxophone, you other instruments that were listed there. Were you, did you have lessons when you were younger or were you self-taught? I never had any, to this day, I've never had a music lesson, but, uh, you know, I'm self-taught, but with the benefit of, of listening to the world's greatest masters in different forms of music, be they the music of blues and jazz or classical music or whatever it might be. I, I grew up at a time when it wasn't so easy to hear music uh, because we weren't uh, in an age where we could just log into Spotify and and stream or download whatever we wanted to 
to find from the the uh, the entire history of pop and rock music you know we had to actually go out and look for it and it was all maybe a little bit more exciting a little bit more rewarding because you had to put in a lot of effort to try and find what it was that would excite you and stimulate you to a to a musical career but these days there's no excuse for being ignorant in terms of knowing about the music of past and present it's all out there it's so easy to get hold of and and i think that particularly for young people they they should they should go out and take advantage of that easy access to everything that has ever been recorded and released it's it's there at your your fingertips so um whether it's led zeppelin or jethro tull or cream or whatever it might be or the latest tinsel pop band or um whoever it is that's um currently riding the charts and um uh, which i i don't think i've really followed since about 1974 is when i stopped listening to to music really <laughs> <laughs> apart from some odd quirky excursions into the world of uh, handel or mozart or bach but but i i'm just not really a music fan as a listener and so for the most part i i gave up listening to music back in the 70s i by then i thought i had enough influences to last me a lifetime and indeed it has i think you keyed in on something there that i had not put in perspective of everything that's ever been recorded is available out there for the the youth of today or for us i remember doing my paper out and getting done and, and walking to the five and dime with after i'd collected my money and going through the the record selection and trying to decide you know what was this week's record going to be and nowadays the the youth you could just put on spotify and you could have everybody you've ever wanted and that's it's a great thing that you've keyed in, keyed in on it's a great thing and it's a great thing to take advantage of because that's the important point here that that um younger and indeed older people today uh, have this opportunity to be able to go back and scrutinize evaluate and ultimately enjoy the the music that is the music of the last 50 60 70 years indeed if you ex- extrapolate that back into the the music of medieval times or the classical era of uh, some 200 years ago then it's all at your fingertips it's it's there to be enjoyed and and so we in a way we're very lazy we don't take advantage of that easy access into the world's greatest musical arts all of which are uh, literally at your fingertips absolutely now i'm going to deviate a little bit from music here and you said something that you know not playing golf not fishing does ian anderson have a hobby outside of music and work that he enjoys well since i was um a child i i was always fascinated by photography and um these days that continues probably to be the the easiest parallel activity given that i travel around and do concert tours and so on that uh, i'm rarely without a camera and i don't mean my iphone or whatever i'm talking about a proper camera just because i like i like capturing those moments of places that i'm in it's usually well what is in popular parlance referred to as street photography it's about people in places and 
as a landscape photographer or a wildlife photographer that that's um not something i you know commonly venture into but just in terms of walking about in a in a city center or or in in places where people gather and do things in a social context that 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 always intrigues me my 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 affiliations in terms of the painterly arts are exactly the same you know i i much prefer the so the, the social realism of painterly arts rather than landscape painting or portrait portrait painting or religious painting i i quite like the the uh, the reality of people in their environment being being given some illumination because they're like actors on a stage in a stage set they they're people in a context and um and that's the way i write music most of the time too you know i'm writing in a in a, in a way which is observational about people in a context i i i like writing songs about people as if they're actors on a stage and i'm not alone in that i'm 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 not um True. entirely alone there are people like bruce springsteen who i would describe as a social realist in musical terms and and that's my preference for most of what i write i rarely venture into the world of i me you uh which is the heart on sleeve subject material of 90% of pop and rock music it's about how do i feel today uh, who has dumped me who am i fascinated <laughs> with who am i you know sexually intrigued with it, it's um, you know plenty of people do that stuff they don't need another not very good voice from me doing that kind of music so i rarely venture down that particular path i'm more interested in people and how they fit into the world around them with what you just said there and you're taking your pictures you're out on tour starting the the 18th do you bring your camera with you when you're on the on the road and you have time you know you're at all these concerts are you ever where maybe people can't see you and your people watching and taking pictures or you're walking down a, a city street that you haven't been to in a while doing that well exactly that and to some degree it depends on where i am and how safe i feel and how much i want to extend my insurance policy but you know i could be walking <laughs> around with a you know with a 10,000 12,000 dollar Leica camera and lens or or i could be taking a relatively cheap and cheerful camera if i feel i'm in a place where if i'm going to be mugged you know i don't want to be mugged for a really important expensive camera that could be difficult to replace so I'll, I'll just hand over my cheap and cheerful and the same thing in regard to other aspects you know if i'm going to get mugged i'll hand over my watch but you know i'm not going to go out with a you know a $40,000 watch on my wrist for obvious reasons but it depends where i am and and you know i've been uh, since i was I think I bought my first Leica camera back in 1969 in a pawn shop. It was a second-hand uh, Leica 3B made uh, just just before World War II. And I still have that camera today, and it's it's one of those vintage cameras that I suppose is kind of important to me in my life. And the the addition of Leica cameras, I used today you know it's a 60 megapixel like a m11 or a m11 mono a, a camera that only shoots in black and white can you believe that 
Yes, yes. Now, a, a question I like to ask all my artists, and you've been at this for uh, for many years, and I'm sure you've had hundreds, if not thousands, of opportunities for people to ask you. But are there charities that you like to help out with when people do come to you with charity ideas? If people come to me with charity ideas, they get a polite uh, a polite response, but um, probably no thank you. I have okay. plenty of stuff that I choose to support because I choose to support it, not because I'm asked. Uh, probably the major one is that every year I do two or three uh, fundraising concerts in, in our great cathedrals and churches in the UK, sometimes in Europe as well. Uh, because I think that uh, the Christian religion in this day and age is fading from sight for a lot of people, and and the great architecture and history and culture of some of our most amazing places that that uh, that we walk past maybe every day if we live in a major city, and we just don't really pay attention to them. They they're not going to. They're not going to last forever. They are going to fall down unless we actually put our hands in our pockets and try and raise some funds to keep the roof on, literally. So um, last week I was performing in front of Cologne Cathedral, probably the greatest cathedral in in Europe, and it, it wasn't as a fundraiser for the cathedral. It just happened to be the, you know, what was uh, fifty meters behind where I was standing on stage. But um, in the UK, for example, I do a lot of shows this year. I'm in York Minster, our second most famous and illustrious cathedral. And and uh, I've performed in probably 20 or 30 different cathedrals and many churches, uh, Catholic churches too, in countries where I'm able to sneak under the radar and perform in a Catholic church against the edict of Rome that says we shouldn't be doing that sort of thing. But, you know, they all need uh, support and help, and I'm very happy to be there, even though I don't call myself a true blue Christian. I'm there to be supportive of the religion that I think is culturally a very important part of the world in which I grew up and which I continue to live. Well, I got to say thank you for that. I, I love people doing charity work, so that's why I always ask that that question. Now, listeners, I want to remind you one more time, Jethro Tull will be hitting the road with their seven decades. It's going to be a summer, fall 2023 U.S. tour. They will be making a stop in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the Teachers Credit Union Amphitheater. That's at the White River State Park. Listeners, if you haven't been there, it's a beautiful place. Ian, I think you're going to enjoy it. It's it's fairly new. Uh, tickets are still available. And that is August 19th. And you're out there supporting your, your newest music your newest cd rock flute so listeners make sure you get out there and see this great show and well we're hitting the road as we have been since august of 2021 when covid finally released us from the tortures of lockdown uh, we're hitting the road again tomorrow for the umpteenth time this year uh performing in uh in a small historic town close to madrid and then following that in uh, another town in spain and then back to germany and then for a few days off to prepare for the usa but we're we're on the road all the time you can find out all this stuff on jethrotile.com tour dates and see if we happen to be playing in a theater near you in whatever part of the world that might be well, i'm going to ask you one more question and i'll i'll let you out of here is there a place now, this this could be answered either way as some place you would 
like to go that you've never been? Or is there a place you would like to perform that you've never performed? Well, there are, but there are the places that basically are not really practical due to political or travel reasons. I mean, I've been lucky enough to play in many parts of the world. Indeed, last year I should have been in Russia doing a concert tour. I should have been in Ukraine doing some concerts. And sadly, all of that has um, kicked into abeyance, and probably I will never visit Russia again, given the the state of uh, affairs. But I do hope that I will be able to return to the Ukraine in the next couple of years before I finally get too old and cranky. But, um, yeah, there are other places that um, are just not, just not possible for political reasons or travel reasons. I mean, I I always wanted to go and perform in Iran and uh, Iraq and indeed Afghanistan, but those places are just not not feasible due to the the realities of modern politics and the and very often the the terrible regimes that have taken over. So. Sadly, many places that I would love to have visit, visited are just not, 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 not possible for many reasons. On the other hand, uh, there are those that still welcome musicians, internationally speaking, and um, plenty of them to choose from, but we just have to be a little careful not to get embroiled in local politics, which is something that uh, I t- try to steer clear of. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be coming to the USA next week. (laughs) (laughs) I I appreciate that. Ian, I want to say thanks for working with my schedule. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor to have you on here, Sights and Sounds. It's been my pleasure. I look forward to seeing you in Indianapolis. Loved your music since I was younger. One of the albums I I bought, I... um, now my mind just went blank because this wasn't on my question. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna well, start. you're an old guy. Don't worry. Mine's go blank at your age. Well, um, <laughs> it, it was the it was the Aqualung, and and a lot of times as a young person, when you have money, I think the art on the albums sold a lot of records in those days, and I always liked the old man kind of thing on the on the album cover, and I had that forever, and I I lost it during one of my moves with one of my Ex-wives? Yes, yes. I'm trying to be nice <laughs> about that. <laughs> but I've been, I've been a fan for a long time, so this was quite an honor, and I want to say thanks for being a part of Sykes and Sounds. Well, it's kind kind of you to give me that uh, that welcome and that honor, and good to be with you too. Take care. We'll see you very shortly. Thank you. Okay. Have bye-bye. Good day. Now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger. Sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. And don't forget, if you miss a broadcast, you can hear the podcast at sightsandsoundspromotions.com, where Alan hangs out with music royalty. Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with multiple locations in Danville and one in Pittsburgh. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 317-745-2700 or by going to their website, hawkeyestorageunits.com.